Chapter twenty eight of Prophets, Priests, and Kings by Alfred George Gardiner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty eight The Reverend R. J. Campbell. Whether to friend or foe, the Reverend R. J. Campbell is one of the most arresting personalities in the London of our time. He is the voice of disquiet and of challenge. He is the disturber of our comfortable peace. He hurries with breathless eagerness from point to point the lighted torch ever in his hand the trail of conflagration ever in his wake he follows no lead except that of his own urgent unquiet spirit he is indifferent to consequences will brook no interference drives straight forward deaf to appeals from the right hand or the left friends cannot persuade him parties cannot hold him creeds cannot limit him he is like the wind that bloweth where it listeth if stagnation is death and discontent divine then he is one of the best assets of our time he flings his bombs into the stagnant parlors of our thought and thrills the air with the spirit of unrest acquiescence and content vanish at his challenge the sleeper rubs his eyes he is awake the vision is before him the air is filled with the murmur of many voices he too must be up and doing in the great dim industrial cities of the north where in the dark of the winter and the gray dawn of the summer mornings the women clothed in their shawls and clogs go forth to their labor in the mills there is a familiar figure he is known as the knocker-up at four o'clock the clatter of his clogs rings down the silent street and the thunder of his knock echoes from every door he passes and soon in the darkness there is the sound of a people awake doors bang and voices ring out on the still air and there follows the harsh music of a thousand clogs pattering in shrill chorus to the mills the battle of life has recommenced mr campbell is the knocker-up in the dawn of the twentieth century the chimes of the great cathedral surge dreamful music on our slumbers but across from the city temple comes the sound of a bell violent clangorous insistent that shatters sleep and awakes the city you may not like it you may find it harsh and discordant but at least it makes you leap to your feet if only to take up its challenge nonconformity does not know what to make of this apparition that has suddenly burst into its midst it finds its throne as it were in the hands of the revolutionary it finds the old flags that waved from the keep hauled down and the twin flags of the new theology and socialism flying defiantly in the breeze it finds its doctrines vaporized into thin air diffused into a kind of purple mist beautiful but intangible it finds itself indicted in its own cathedral for the sin of Phariseeism, pictured to the world as Mrs. Oliphant loved to picture it, as a system of smug content, caricatured in the bitter sneer of Swift. We are God's chosen few, all others will be damned. There is no place in heaven for you, we can't have heaven crammed. It has borne the scourge with singular restraint. It knows that there has been a certain truth in the charge in the past it knows that there is less truth in it to-day than at any time since it was born out of the purging fires of persecution it has been the church of the middle classes but its future as sir compton rickett has said is with the people 
and it is to them that its appeal is directed today the work of men like f b meyer and john clifford sylvester horn and ensor walters campbell morgan and thomas phillips reflects the new spirit that has been breathed in these days into the dry bones of nonconformity it is otherwise with the challenge to its faith here mr campbell has done a real service he has done the service to the religious world which mr chamberlain did to the political world when he challenged the economic structure of the state he was wrong but he made us discover that we were right he set the whole nation to think out the problem of its economic existence we had accepted the faith as final and had forgotten its very elements we were in servitude to a theory that we did not understand and did not want to understand he made us dig down to our foundations and see if they were true he put us on our defence and taught us our case and so free trade was born again it was a fetish it has become a faith this we owe to mr chamberlain and so with mr campbell he has challenged our religious structure at its centre and has set the mind of his time seething with unrest and inquiry he has lighted a fire which will burn up the refuse and leave the residue pure and vital he has made the man in the street think about ultimate things and no one can do a greater service to his time but says the divinity student think of the danger the danger to what asks the autocrat the danger to truth says the divinity student and the autocrat answers truth is tough you may kick it about all day like a football and it will be round and full like the moon at evening while error dies of the prick of a pen we need not worry about truth it comes out of the battle smoke unharmed leaving the lie dead upon the plain the churches needed this challenge they had ceased to face those obstinate questionings of the intellect which will not be stilled or if they are stilled are stilled only as the restless strivings of the fevered patient are stilled with the drugs of a deathly indifference the world has passed them by mr campbell has made them dig down to their foundations he has put them upon their defence and out of the dust and heat of the conflict it may be that faith will be born again it is not uncommon to hear him dismissed as a rather crude mind rushing in where wiser men fear to tread and fighting out his doubts in the public eye there is a certain truth in the criticism he is the ordinary man thinking furiously aloud he is the preacher wrestling with the plain man's doubts in the pulpit he is not so much fighting for the souls of his hearers as for his own soul and in that intense drama the man from the counting-house and the shop sees mirrored his own disquiet and his own hunger perhaps he too out of this conflict may catch a vision of the promised land it is this fact that makes him the most attractive pulpit personality of the day to those outside the churches the orthodox view him with coldness or alarm he shakes the pillars of the temple and brings the familiar fabric tumbling about their ears without providing another structure equally solid and secure to receive them he invites them out into the open in pursuit of the rainbow but to the soul adrift from the churches yet consumed with the hunger for more revelation that the world cannot provide the pursuit of the rainbow offers an emotion and a vision that stimulate if they do not satisfy this visionary fervor is expressed with unaffected sincerity and simplicity 
in the oratory of dr parker there was always a suggestion of the stage it was not that he was insincere but that the instinct of the drama was ineradicable he could not forget the limelight and loved the echoes of his own thunder mr campbell delivers himself up to his emotion with absolute self-surrender he goes out of himself as it were into space there is no strain either of thought or diction no effort after effect no flowers of speech he speaks as the spirit moves him without literary consciousness and without any thought of consequences it is not without spiritual relevance that the pulpit of the city temple used to be filled by an old man with a black mane and is now filled by a young man with a white for the leader of a great crusade he has one serious defect he is intensely sensitive to criticism he plays at bowls but does not look for rubbers he comes through as they say on the green with crashing force scattering the woods in his path and he seems surprised that the woods do not get out of the way with polite apologies for their presence they don't burn you at the stake to-day he said not long ago they stab you in the back few men have invited reprisals more few men have been treated with more generosity by those who find their beliefs their errors if you will suddenly and furiously assailed from within he has another defect it is a certain feverishness of the spirit there is about him the sense of the hot uneasy pillow the raw edges of life chafe him he cannot escape from the hair shirt of this mortal vestment and he cannot endure it whatever is is wrong the churches are wrong society is wrong free trade is wrong it is this irritation with his environment that gives him the touch of perversity which is so noticeable in him nonconformity is definite he is mystical nonconformity is individualistic he is a member of the ilp the ilp is for free trade he i gather from a conversation i had with him is for tariff reform he conforms to no system accepts no shibboleth either spiritual or temporal when sir david baird's mother heard that her son was captured in india and chained to natives she remarked placidly i pity the poor laddies that are chained to oor david she knew the imperious waywardness of her son the way of one chained intellectually to mr campbell would be not less trying he has the impatience of the idealist in the presence of realities the vision fades when he touches it concretely now as lowell says now ain't just the minute that ever fits us easy while we're in it the son of a united methodist minister brought up in the presbyterian atmosphere of his grandfather's home at belfast he turned instinctively from the appeal of nonconformity with its lack of sensuous attraction to that of anglicanism with its sense of historic continuity in the conflict between loyalty to the free church traditions of his ancestry and the call of a more aesthetic system his mind turned away from the pulpit he married and took up the teaching profession then with the impulsiveness that always drives him he set out for oxford his mind still under the influence of anglicanism but the atmosphere of oxford was anglican and that fact so subversive of the nonconformity of the normal man headed him back to the original fold 
it was not lack of sympathy for the singular charm of his personality made a deep impression on dr paget and dr gore was especially anxious to secure so powerful a recruit for the church it was the instinct of the nomadic spirit to escape from the encompassing fold it was the operation of what the psychologists called contrariant ideas the one way to prevent him going in a given direction is to urge him to go the one way to enlist him in a cause is to prove that it is contrary to all tradition and propriety when men reflect upon mr campbell's astonishing career one question rises to their lips whither there is no answer i question whether mr campbell himself has an answer he belongs to no planetary system he is a lonely wanderer through space a trail of fire burning at white heat and flashing through the inscrutable night to its unknown goal his head gray in his youth his eyes eloquent with some nameless hunger his face thin and pallid his physique frail as that of an aesthetic of the desert he stands before us a figure of singular fascination and disquiet a symbol of the world's passionate yearning after the dimly apprehended ideal of its unquenchable revolt against the agonies of men End of chapter 28